Last week, we caught up with Superintendent of Public Instruction, Elsie Arnson. Took a look back at 2023 slightly, uh, but ahead, what's the outlook for 2024? Got a text message during that interview. A, a, a really good question. How do you feel about four-day school weeks? And there are more and more of those districts going to four-day school weeks in Montana. What? What? What's the reason for that? Does it help with retention and recruitment? And is it economic or educational? Uh, I, I think, uh, and then how do we adjust? Not, not just at home, but how does our education system adjust to a four-day school week? A lot of questions. Got a guy who was mentioned in that interview, Dr. Uh, well, it's actually Reverend Dr. Timothy Tharp, who is a member of the Board of Public Education, the Richland County Superintendent of Schools, and then also uh, four churches in the area as well. We are digging into the four-day school week. Hi there, I'm Tom Schultz, host of Voices of Montana, an issue-oriented newsmaker radio program heard weekdays on 18 radio stations with 27 signals all across the Treasure State. Thanks for clicking on the podcast. Please subscribe, and we'll do our best to keep you connected. We're also on Facebook at Voices of Montana and on the Internet at VoicesOfMontana.com, where I'd love to hear from you. Contact me at Tom at VoicesOfMontana.com. It's the Reverend Dr. Tim Tharp. We can get healed in more than one way today. Good morning, Tim. How are you, sir? Uh, doing great, Tom. I'm, I'm sure glad Cody is so excited about the cold, and he's all pumped up. But uh, we're we're shivering at about 13 below right here in Richland County right now. But uh, we're feeling good because it's warmed up. Right? And it has been since when? Since we last saw the thermometer above zero. I believe it was... Uh, late last week. Yeah, 2023, almost last year. <laughs> you recently were in Congress, and, and there's a, a nice article, and thank you for, for sending that, um, that you, you had some takeaways from a conference there uh, about the four-day school work uh, week, I guess I call it a work week. Uh, I wouldn't mind going to a four-day work week, and I know that's maybe uh, ancillary to this discussion. But top of mind, what should people know about the four-day school week? I guess the number one thing is it's not going to help at your student's achievement. It is not an end-all, be-all, fix-everything. It's not going to save any money, and it's impossible to take the amount of education that you would normally have in a traditional 180-day calendar and pack it in into four days a week. It just is not going to work without some significant changes in philosophy and approach. And that being said, um, you've also noted that you can't put this genie back in the bottle. No, no. The the reality is that schools across the country are going to this four-day week. I mean, it started in Montana back in 2006 when the legislature that... um, legislature in 2005 passed senate bill 170 and that allowed greater flexibility in scheduling and because it used to be a minimum of 180 days and 1080 hours and what they did was remove the day requirement from statute and now as long as you meet the hours so a lot of schools um, adjusted their days and they continued to grow the number of schools like starting in 2006 2007 school year there were 10 and last year 22 23 that had grown to 222 schools across Montana, and that is almost that's over a quarter of the schools. Now, recognize a school is not necessarily your K-12 building because you know, in a smaller community, your K-12 building might actually be three schools. It would be an elementary, a junior high, and a high school, but that's the way we count schools in Montana. Yeah, okay. Um, understand that I've lived in some small towns in in, in uh, schools and gone to schools just as you are describing there. Why? Why does it not work for well, you? 
it's to me it's just the, the amount of processing time that it takes for students to learn i mean you need to have when you learn a new topic when you're studying it you need time to let it ruminate you need it to let just to be able to focus on something and it is so hard to be able to take and adjust to force that learning into more hours i mean in your on an assembly line you might be able to say well instead of instead of working uh five eight-hour days making widgets, well, we're going to work four tens, and you just uh, work a couple more hours each day making those widgets, and then you can get done and get out a day early. Well, even with that, I think what what psychologists would show that you know, you're not as effective making those widgets into that ninth and tenth hour of the day, and the same thing, I think, goes for student achievement and the ability to learn and the data holds that they're just not doing as well academically well and that's one thing i want to get into too because i i understand you know the economics behind it um how much uh, do we suffer educationally for it um but i want to ask a simple question about don't kids need to be kids too sometimes i feel like they we've got them in a box from kindergarten on throughout it's just a response an emotional response about a four-day school week I'd like to see kids be kids. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the, uh, the amount of pressure that it puts on both the, the, the students and the teachers and the, I just think that that pressure to make sure that you're getting through material and, and, for, and pushing through it is, is tough on kids. And I'm seeing anecdotally and hearing from people that, you know, the fatigue is there. They're, they get wore out. I mean, come, come Thursday afternoon, they are just completely gassed and there's nothing left. Yeah. And, and I I can't even imagine having a, a you know an active high school student. You know, my kids were involved in all sorts of athletics and activities, and they were constantly on the run. You mix in practices and competitions and travel and things like that. I mean, I can see it, it being helpful if all the activities were on Friday and Saturday, but that's not the case either. We have packed a lot in our education system. Is it too much? I would say so. Yeah, I think we've we've tried. We expect too much of the schools. There's just so much. I've got a a PDF on my computer of, of things that we've added to education since the 1950s. And just and it starts off with just some basic things like school lunch programs, sex education. We have dentists come in to hand out toothbrushes and do do uh, exams. We you know, check their eyes and their hearing every year. Just And just all the other things that we continue to add on, driver's education, the athletics, the activities. There's just so much that we have added but yet we haven't added to the uh, traditional agrarian calendar at all of a traditional 180 days of school going from late August, early September until the end of May, early June. And now what we've done is go from doing all of that over five days during a week. Now we've, uh, we've chopped it down to trying to pack all that into four days. And it's, it's just too much. What's the remedy for that? Are people recognizing that burnout, whether it's a four-day or a five-day school week? I mean, that's up to the parents. It is, too. But, again, we're, we're systematic in a lot of our things, especially our education system, which, which worries some folks. But what's the remedy? Are, is there recognition? Is there some solution out there? Well, no, I don't think so. And that's the, that was kind of when I, I, I put together the paper because I presented at a four-day school week conference in Oregon back in October. And I just was seeing so much information and meeting people from all over the country. And I think you said it earlier, Tom. I mean, the genie's out of the bottle. I mean, there's no putting us back. There's no, there hardly any school nationwide have ever gone back to a five-day model after going four-day. I mean, and that's what a lot of people say when they make that first conversion. They say, well, we'll try it, and if we really don't like it or if we don't see the results after a year or two, then we'll go back. Well, the reality is nobody ever does. And it's just getting so difficult for staffing. And that is, an, from what I have found, again, not research-based, but anecdotally from a lot of folks, 
that is the reason that so many of them are going to a four-day because they just can't staff. Their teachers are leaving. The, the newer generation of teachers are working in those four-day models, and that's what they like. They like their weekends free, and it's so hard to find staff. And I had schools saying, look, we've, we have to go to a four-day week because we're losing all of our teachers to the surrounding schools that have gone to the four-day week, and they're seeing that as, um, as a way to differentiate themselves. Yeah, so definitely it has become or is um, an economic versus an educational solution. We're with uh, the Reverend Dr. Tim Tharp, Board of Public Education in Montana, a member there, and also Richland County Superintendent of Schools and, and uh, pastors four churches in the area. And you may recognize his name as uh, he served uh, a lot of years in Scobie, I think eight years teaching in that area. You've got uh, experience in along the High Line, Sunburst and Hobson and uh, started Rocky Mountain College here toward a, a double major in math and business before moving on to Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary. So appreciate the expertise. So re- I, I still want a little more about um, retaining and recruiting. Uh, are there better methods then? I mean, since this is out and people are looking for it, and I know we need flexibility in today's world in our schedules, and it's very much appreciated. I think every potential employee is looking for something like that. Outside of a four-day school week then, what can we do for retention and recruitment? Well, I had a a superintendent tell me, he said, you know, we we went to the four-day week because we were losing – all of our teachers, and it, the teachers were saying, you know, we like it here, but we can go to this other school, make the same money, and get our Fridays free. And so they're looking at they're trying to keep their teachers. And they also recognize that, so then, so what happens once we all go to the four-day week and we are no longer, it's no longer unique when everybody in the county and the surrounding area is all on a four-day week? He said, so what do we do? Do we go to three-day week? And, of course, asking it facetiously, thinking, well, there's no way in the world that's going to happen. But the reality is, how do you differentiate then to be able to recruit? And it, it just quite honestly, I, I don't want to be that person that says we need more money and just can keep throwing money at education. But that was brought up at that national conference. And the question was to the, all of the practitioners, if money wasn't an issue, if that was not a problem, would you go to a four-day week? And none of them said that they would. They said if they had that that unlimited supply of money to recruit and pay teachers to come in and work, they would not go to a four-day model. And so that's it's coming down to, yeah, four-day is not ideal, but it's uh, less worse than not having a teacher in front of that class. Well, thanks to all our affiliates, and I want to say hello to the folks in Baker, KFLN, 960 AM, and also uh, in Libby, Montana, 1017 KTNY. Appreciate it. You being here today. Got a next uh, text message. We'll get to that. I got a couple of them, and I would love to get more here as we're talking with the Reverend Dr. Tim Tharp, who's a member of the Board of Public Education, a lot of experience in education. Right now, the Richland County Superintendent of Schools and also a pastor of four churches in the area. Tim, let's launch into this the economics of it. Uh, I, I appreciate how people, money is not the best solution to everything, but sometimes it's the easiest solution. And so we we don't do the hard work at times because well let's just print more money let's just get more money that's that's doesn't always lead us to healthy tracks I think so when we talk about this being an economic decision um, I'm curious about a couple of things one is okay how do we not sacrifice education through this and the other one is well if it's about budgets where are we spending in our public education system that we can do without so that it doesn't become a resource problem. First of all, with the budget issue, the number one thing to realize about four-day week is it's not going to save a district any money. Uh. I mean, they, they, you look at it, and uh, you know the 
theoretically, you might say, oh, well, it's one less day, so you should be able to save 20% on food and transportation and heat and all of that stuff. Well, in an ideal world, that would only happen if you had um, super well-insulated buildings, electronic computerized controls that you could isolate and not heat certain parts of your building for a three-day weekend. But reality is how many of our schools are open and active and have other things going on on Friday and Saturday. And so you don't save really anything on heat. Um, Transportation is a permissive levy. It's outside of the general fund. So even if you are able to save a little bit of money on transportation, a lot of schools have totally lost whatever they've saved in that in increased fuel costs. Uh, I had a, a school board meeting last night and our local, one of our local bus contractors was there, and he says, "I just I can't afford to get new buses." And you know, we're putting keeping buses on the road longer than he wants to. They're in great shape, but he just he would like to be able to rotate them out. But they are just so expensive to get, and the price of fuel and everything else, plus the feds and the changes to commercial driver's licenses and the requirement to put people basically almost through an associate's degree just to get a CDL anymore, and so. It's those costs are all eaten up, and so you're not saving anything there. Um, you might save a little bit on your lunch, but then a lot of schools have looked at recognized food insecurity, and so they ended up sending home backpack programs and sending food home with kids on the weekends on Thursday night so that they have something to eat for over the weekend. So you're not saving anything, and it's coming down to the bottom line as far as the money goes. It's a recruitment issue, and you would like to be able to pay your teachers more money, but you can't because of the limits in the budget. Even if you could pass a levy, you're maxed out, and so they give them time. And so they grant them that, oh, adjust their schedule, say, well, give us a, give us another hour, hour and a half, Monday through Thursday, and then we'll give you your Friday. And so that's where it's come, become a negotiating issue, and that's where the money comes in. I want to share a message here, and I appreciate you guys sending that in, 781-627-5483. The phone number here, too, at 866-627-5483. This is Ty from Lodgegrass. I attended a four-day school week in Dayton, Wyoming. It was great. All sporting events were on the weekend, so we didn't miss school for sports. I now send my kids to school in Custer. It's also a four-day school week, and it's still great. My kids are doing very well. They are home uh, to work on the weekends. I also taught in a school with a five-day week and noticed that not only kids but teachers also missed more school with that five-day week. So a couple of things in there. The teachers like it. The kids like it. Yeah, well, and I appreciate that. And uh, I, I guess as I reflect back in the last 20 minutes, it sounds like I have nothing good to say about four-day school. <laughs> and and I, I was talking to my wife on the way in this morning. I said, you know, um, the difference is I'm not a practitioner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, as County Soup, I have two two rural schools, which I oversee, but I've never been a practitioner in a four-day school week. I'm a researcher. And so I've looked at it and seen the student achievement. And so that's what is dropped. And and it takes time, and it's over a number of years, and it takes time for that student, those student achievement scores to reflect that there is lost knowledge that's there. So, but all that being said, I'm not opposed to going to the four-day week. You know, look at the weather we've had these last, last several days, Tom. I mean, I, if I didn't have to put a bus on the road and bring kids into school, I mean, I would have certainly shut down as well. I mean, it's just dangerous conditions. And if it's working in places, wonderful. And that was one of the benefits of going to this conference is meeting other practitioners. And these were practitioners who were very successful. And we have many schools in Montana that are doing it very, very well. And they are they have met the challenge and they are addressing those things. But he brings up a good point, you know, as far as missing school. That's something that I found is that 
well, we have a lot of eye doctors and dentists that are now also closed on Fridays because they follow their kids' schedule. So it didn't really work out that as well as they would have thought because ideally they say, well, then they can, the kids can schedule their orthodontist appointment on that fifth day and they're not going to have to miss school. I mean, I, my, my son had braces while when, when we were living in Sunburst and so that meant, you know, the, the two hour to Great Falls, two hour back for the three minute orthodontist appointment. And so it, it, those uh, doctors, they haven't worked with the schools, you know, allowing that time off. And as far as other student activities, I was also very active as an AD and still as a sportscaster. And there's a huge referee shortage and bus driver shortage. So it's forced a lot of schools to move activities to the weekdays. And even here out in Sydney, I, I follow Sydney Eagles for a local radio station, and we've got a lot of games that are on Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays just because you can't fit all the games on Friday and Saturday. Right, so, uh, yeah. A lot of, lot of different issues that, that mix, and it, but it can work. You know, in places where it's beneficial and everybody's working together, yes, it can be very successful for a local community. Over 200 school districts in Montana have gone to the four-day school week. Many are considering it. We're looking at the pros and the cons with Dr. Tim Tharp. Uh, he's a reverend of four churches in the area, Richland County Superintendent of, of Schools, and also a member of the Board of Public Education in Montana. And uh, Tim, I, I really appreciate you being here. It's a, it's a fast uh, for me. It's a fascinating discussion. Got a, another text message to uh, pass on, and then we do have to talk about how you do it well. Um, you're only looking at urban areas for the four day week. In my rural area, they have gone to four days, and grades are up. And those of us who are agricultural absolutely love having our kids back home for that extra day. Maybe it depends on the area and the school. Our district saves about twenty five thousand per month. When we change, and so I'm assuming, uh, let me finish the message here, plus kids in the rural area love having another day if they have a part-time job in town, and it also gives the ability to make a day uh, make a day up easier when the weather is bad. And that is in Lemon, South Dakota, sir. So as we were kind of talking before the break, you're going to be interested in how they're doing that and accomplishing that. Oh, certainly. I mean, and as I indicated, you know, the savings that could be held in Montana aren't going to be there because of transportation and and food and heat and and a lot of the way that our budgeting works in Montana. Okay. The transportation is a completely separate budget. So you can really see in other places where they could save significant money in their in their transportation and it would be a boon to the taxpayers, but ju- even though you save x number of dollars in transportation doesn't mean that you could that now have x number of dollars that you can in turn pay the teachers or do other things with Montana's well in every state's the education funding is extremely complicated and convoluted and uh, but yeah there there are dollars to be saved but that's not a direct translation to be able to use those dollars in other areas I got you um who's uh, who's doing it right out there well, I think what the what the uh, person who wrote in said, you know, the rural schools are doing it great. I think there's a lot of places that are, are finding a lot of success with it. I mean, I was the superintendent in some of those really small schools where you are bumping up against that, that 60-minute bus ride one way <laughs> with a lot of the kids. I mean, they are way out there. And so if you can avoid having to do that one day a week and those kids are able to stay out on the ranch and work or have part-time jobs or do other things, yes, I think it can be extremely beneficial. But what's fascinating to me is seeing the number of Class A districts in Montana that have gone are starting to go to the four-day school week. And these are these are larger schools. I mean, 
comparative to all of the uh, the tons of B and C size schools, but uh, you've got you got larger schools that are starting to go with this and seeing how it's working for them. Now, as far as you know, Billings, Great Falls, Helena, Kalispell, Missoula, be, uh, I don't know. I I don't see it being something that would be reasonable for those communities. The fastest hour in Montana radio continues. Call eight six six. and join Montana's statewide radio talk show, Voices of Montana with Tom Schultz. As some school districts struggle with funding, they're looking at four-day school weeks, teacher retention and recruitment. Does it save money? The jury is out on that. Our guest today is uh, well-studied in this. It is a doctoral a dissertation on the four-day school week. He's a member of the Board of Public Education in Montana, the elected uh, Richland County Superintendent of Schools, and also a pastor of four churches in the area as we explore this uh, this conversation here on the four-day school week. It's Dr. Tim Tharp. Uh, and, and again, Tim, uh, I really appreciate you being here. Uh, as a reverend, like, like I said earlier, you're, you're the reverend, Dr. Tim Tharp, so we can get healed in more than one way. Of course, you're an educational academic doctor, but nonetheless, how are the, how are the church families doing? Oh, it's great. I, I, I love being out here. I, uh, you mentioned that you, you had Elsie on last week. Well, I, I served as her uh, her deputy for a year and a half before I retired from education. Thought I was going to leave education forever, and then became a and went went into ordained ministry. Went back to school once again, and uh, came out here to serve a two point parish, which has now grown to four churches. But um, it, I just love what I get to do. But education sucked me back in. I got coming post COVID. I got recruited to come help out a little district just across the border in North Dakota, and so I served as a, a superintendent for a little K-8 school for a couple of years and then was recruited to run for this position as county superintendent. And then um, Greg's office asked me to get onto the board of public ed a little over a year and a half ago, and so I just, just keep getting pulled back in, and the, my church families are great. Um, total flexibility as far as, as whatever time I need to get everything done, and so I, I love what I get to do. And I very much appreciate that, and I appreciate your service in that regard, too. I want to get right into how, then, we adjust education. There's some things you noted at that conference that we've been talking about, some of those key takeaways. It's a national four-day school week conference in Oregon. How do we do it better? How do we do it right? Well, the the main thing for the schools that were being successful is that they insisted that they would not reduce student instructional contact time. And that was one of the things that I noted in Montana, and I, I've characterized it for probably about the last 15 years as a race to the minimum. We've got a minimum in, in our high schools, actually it's grades 4 through 12, of 1,080 1, contact hours over the course of the year. Now, there has been additional flexibilities put in by the legislature in recent sessions, and um, and I know through the Board of Public Ed and our accreditation and legislature, we're looking at a, a lot of different models and different ways to deliver education. But right now, that minimum amount of hours is kind of the kind of the standard. And prior to schools having the flexibility, of, and but still having to do a minimum of 180 days, reaching the 1,080 hours was not a problem, and it wasn't at all unusual to be 1,150, 1,200 hours. But when you go to the four-day week, then all of a sudden you look at, well, we we can't possibly do that 1,200 hours, and so there's. There's that race to that minimum of 1080, and there's a lot of schools out there that, you know, that blizzard rolls in, and they say, well, we'd cut school out an hour early, but that's going to drop us under our minimum amount of hours. And so the schools that have been successful have gone into this 
and said, look, we are not going to reduce student contact time. We're going to figure out ways to make sure that they still have that time. And the, it's not just going to be simple task of just tacking on an extra 60 to 90 minutes on Monday through Thursday. Um, other things that they've done is look at professional development for administrators and making sure that the administrators know how to lead a four-day school week and then also professional development for the teachers. It's not just as simple as saying, um, you know, just do do this all in four days instead of five. My, my primary area of study in, initially and what I taught was math. Now, I also taught history and social studies, and those could easily be adapted. Um, people who do, are in the sciences, in the labs, or, or hum, humanities, the, those are very easily adapted. But math, the curriculum, the materials, all are written with a lesson a day. So how do you do a lesson in a quarter a day? It takes a lot of effort to be able to think about what are you going to be teaching? What's your scope and sequence look like? What are your pacing guides look like and how are you going to do this? And so you really have to have that discussion with teachers ahead of time and how you're going to do it. Um, the discussion came up at that conference, well, some places they just cut the fluff. Well, there are some teachers in the crowd who kind of bristled at that and said, well, look, I don't do fluff. It might be the fun unit. It might be interesting and, and it's not as hardcore. And I think the example given was, well, the one lesson that the child might remember from elementary school is a unit on dinosaurs that they just absolutely loved and they got hooked on science because of that. Well, if you look at that unit on dinosaurs and you cut that because it's considered fluff because you need to get through the rest of the science curriculum, then you may have lost students and that passion for education because it's more than just pounding through the, the uh, curriculum material. So that professional development and focus on what are you going to do is going to be key. Can we do immersion then, um, or is some of this immersion, or do we need to make an immersion being, um, I, I've seen that being employed, in, and maybe you can explain it better, I might not even be using the right word, but employed in higher education, uh, I think uh, University of Montana Western uses it in, in Dillon, uh, where where you take a six-week course and you and every day you're in that course, so to speak. Um, how, how Can that play into the four-day school week? I think it can be part of it, and that's something that we're seeing here. And in fact, um, with when we convene here on Thursday, Board of Public Ed meets, and we're considering a lot of different charter schools, and there are a lot of applications for that. And there were proposals that described that sort of a process. And I've had former students that uh, went to Western, and they loved loved that style of learning. And and we have been looking at all sorts of different ways to learn different than what uh, I think uh, I think Lou Jones calls the cells and the bells. I mean, there are certain students, I mean, and I was one of them, I thrived in a, you know, you sit here for 45 minutes, and then you take a three-minute break to switch rooms, and then you go to another room for 45 minutes, and then you switch when the bell rings again. I, I thrived in a setting like that, and a lot of students do, but there are so many that don't. And so trying to find the different alternatives and different ways to reach students, because every student is different and unique, and we need to figure out ways to, to work with them. And so, yeah, that, that model you describe is, is one possibility of looking at how can we do things differently. And, but that's, it's hard to accomplish that in the public school system, and I, and I think that's why we're seeing a resurgence or a, at least new interest in charter schools and public charter schools. And, of course, Montana has moved, uh, tried to move in that direction, but um, it's unsettled at this point, the, the outcome of that. More on how do we do it right. You talked about eyes wide open. You talk about understanding that things are going to be different. What's going to be different? Well, another thing to consider is, well, what are you going to do with day five? 
there are schools that say, well, we're going to, and they have this uh, ideal that, well, that'll be for days for students to catch up. And kids can come in and get extra help. And a lot of wonderful ideas. Um, reality is that's tough to require. It's, you can't mandate that that child comes in. If it's not a regular school day, you can't just say, well, you have to come in. You can strongly encourage them. So what are you going to do with that day? Um, one nice thing that's happened is that there have, you know, the fears that we're going to, that were out there ahead of time, you know, well, teenage pregnancy rates are going to rise and all the hooligans are going to be running the streets and breaking windows. And, uh, and, and no, that, that has never transpired. Daycare is a concern, but schools and, and communities have figured it out. But the reality is, what are you going to do with day five? And so that brings up the last thing there is, you know, professional development for students. How This is going to require students to learn differently than they have gone accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And especially if if you're making a change while students, you know, you've got kids who are coming through the system and they're just starting high school or even partway through high school, they've grown accustomed to learning in a five-day system and then all of a sudden they're expected to learn. They're expected to learn more each day. I mean, if you're going to make this right and make it work, you have to learn more each of those days. And so how do you get the students to be used to a system like that? And it's, it requires a real change in, in the approaches in a lot of different areas. Understood. What... How are we learning now? We have typically, what, six to eight or more hours of instruction time, and then we're expected, what, an hour at home for homework? What What's our ex- expectation right now? I think it varies for every single student, every single family, and every single classroom out there as far as what those expectations are. I encounter teachers who say, you know, if the student is working and is focused in my classroom all day long, they shouldn't have any homework. Um, others that say insist that, well, there's a certain amount of, of stuff that does need to be done at home. And so it, it really is, is different for each subject area and each grade level. But I think having those expectations going into this and realizing that there are going to be some changes. Um, yeah, if you go from a five- to a four-day week, it, it's a little bit easier, I think, and again, I was not a practitioner in a four-day model. But if you go in and you say, okay, we're going to switch from five to four, and you had an expectation that a child did X number of minutes of homework each night, you then, if you're going to add more to their day, are you also adding more to their night? Or should you consider taking away some of that time that they're going to be working on stuff at night because you're cutting into that time with the families? I mean, we already look at the number of of and we can't even say hours. Look, count the number of minutes that parents have with their child by the time they get done with school and work and after school athletics activities and everything else like that. By the time they finally get home, and then you've got dinner, and then you've got homework, and then you've got everything else. I mean, we're talking minutes. And the last thing we want to do for society and families is to cut into that even more. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. And 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 it's up to us and our families to push back on that sort of stuff as well. And we need our government and institutions to also be sensitive to that. And and sometimes they're not, but that's why I think people are curious in examining the four-day school week. I want to ask in general, though, too, because I'm always concerned. You're an educator, and I appreciate that, and an administrator. We've gone through COVID. You know, I know that there's some things to make up academically, so to speak, but I think... I think our our values of school have maybe changed or education, or maybe they've been changing along the way, and that was just a place to park it for us to think about it. I'm not sure, you know, homeschooling, we're looking at more and more tele-education, things like that. Things are changing, but I worry about the attitude because of the COVID pandemic, and I've, you know, talked with teachers and students, and they 
it's taken a toll not only academically but in how they feel about education or would you say oh yeah i agree i you know pre-covid i mean you it was expected there was no doubt or discussion on how important it was to be in school and there was a recognition you miss school you're missing out on some vital knowledge you're missing out on this opportunity to learn and you're good you come back the next day or two days after being sick you're going to be behind and now it seems to be a feel that okay if you you miss a couple of days of school well just just send me the Zoom link or just uh, just shoot me an email electronically what I need to do. I'll, I'll do that on the screen later. And so that, that I don't even know, like that internal drive to be present doesn't seem to be there. And we see that. I mean, that's not just education. That's across the board. That is, I mean, you know, the, was it UAW workers, one of their things several months ago, they, want, they were demanding a 32-hour a work week. And they, they didn't just want to go four days. They wanted to, to only work the four days up the, the hours they're currently working. And just that whole attitude of society has shifted. And that has certainly affected education as well. And there's a lot of concern. You know, parents had their kids home, and they're not seeing big differences. However, the cumulative effect, and we're starting to see this just now starting to crop up in education, and it's the same thing with a four-day week. Yeah, you're going to say, yeah, the grades are so high, but the grades aren't going to be reflective of cumulative um, knowledge that may not be acquired until it starts to add up over a number of years. And so often in education, we, we only see things except through that rearview mirror, and it's going to be years later. And that's my concern is that, yeah, we go, through the, uh, we go to the four-day week now, and we do our best, and years later we might look back and say, oh, my goodness, we, we missed out on a lot of potential education time, and we're starting to see these achievements that, that aren't happening. And that's sort of my final question here, too, and I probably got just about a minute to, for that. Then, so then the jury is still out on the four-day school week? Well, my original research that I did over 10 years ago showed that student achievement, and there was no doubt when you look at the numbers, student achievement declined. Uh-huh. And it declined after that third year. For the first couple of years, student held, students had kind of held their own. But after that third year, into that fourth year of, of a four-day week, that's when the student achievement began to drop. And... There were some disputes on my research and say, well, it was this. Well, I did population. I did not do um, uh, individual and, and data picking. I did entire population. Mm. And uh, there's starting to be more and more research which is supporting the original research I did over 10 years ago and saying, look, yes, student achievement is dropping. And so that's where my concern now is, okay, so – I've been supported in what my original research said. What are we going to do to make sure that we this does not occur? And how can we make sure that we're focused and doing things as, to the best of our ability that's in our reality? That's really keeping the main thing the main thing. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that, Tim, very much. And I look forward to uh, chatting with you down the road, too. Um, I mean, we have questions about education frequently, and, uh, boy, you seem well-versed in it. And I, I appreciate that, too. Thank you. Happy to help out anytime. Yes, and, and God bless your church families while you're at it, okay? Well, thank you, sir. That's the Reverend Dr. Tim Tharp again, based out of Savage, Montana, Richland County, superintendent of schools, reverend of four churches in the area, and a member of the Board of Public Education. Thanks again for joining us for the podcast, and join us daily Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., for more Voices of Montana on local stations all across Montana.